At 7.06, Friday night, a roller coaster began in Lynchburg, Virginia. It went up, it went down, it went down, it went up. We ended up in a good spot. The roller coaster headed to wherever the uh, AAC championship game was. Where that roller coaster went up, that roller coaster went down, it went up and went down. But the roller coaster continued. And the roller coaster went on to Grapevine, Texas, where it went up. It went up, and I thought it was just going to come crashing down like Roller Coaster Tycoon. But at 2.40 on Sunday afternoon Eastern Standard Time, we found out that our roller coaster continues. And it continues out west. It continues out to Phoenix, Arizona, because gosh by golly, the flames are going to the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. And I can't believe it. Flames Nation, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a party. It's a celebration. I got no idea what, what, what what's going to go on. John and I, I think on purpose, we didn't really plan anything. Uh, we're just going to take, take it uh, minute by minute. But I already buried the lead. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I don't think there are many people as excited as, as he was on Sunday. He is the founder of a sea of red, all things Liberty Sports. He is... John Manson. John, how we live in this Wednesday night? You ask me that every week, Richie, and every week I feel like I'm as good as I've ever been, but every week we go up to another level. I mean, it's been a great, great week, a great weekend, a great uh, great season, a great month, and uh, it just continues. And, and you know, it's funny, I, I think back to Sunday and, and uh, thinking back to that moment when uh, we were sitting there waiting, right? I mean, it, it was such a long afternoon, you know. Oh. Uh, I, I remember waking up in the morning and, and, you know, you and I text and we're like, it's going to be such a long wait until 2.30 in the afternoon. Then the show starts at 12, 12.15. They, you know, reveal the top four and you're sitting here thinking, Okay, we got the top four, and you look at your watch, and it's twelve twenty-two, and it's like, man, I got two more hours of this. And yeah, listening uh, to Feinbaum yell about Florida yeah, State, like exactly, I'm like, just get to the <laughs> just G6 get on with already. it. Like so, anyways, then G5. they, uh, yeah, the G five, the New York six, it's all good. All over the place. It, it, it was a mess on, on Sunday afternoon, but anyway, so then then finally two thirty comes. And they start showing these New Year's Six Bowls. And I forget what order they went in, but whatever order it was, it was backwards of what we needed because, yeah. you know, they were just going, you know, all the other bowl games. And then the, you're coming down. And, again, I'm thinking, okay, you see the Sugar Bowl and Liberty's not there. And that's one we kind of heard, you know, Liberty was hoping to get to. And then uh, – but at the same time, SMU's not there either. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah. we still have a chance. And then they keep going. And then, of course – you know, right before the last New Year's Six Bowl game, they they play it up and and uh, drag it out for an extra 45 seconds. And, and you know, I'm on pins and needles on the edge of my seat. And then finally they flash that screen, and you see Liberty on the left-hand side, the logo Liberty. You see the Fiesta Bowl logo at the top of the screen. I don't even remember who I saw on the right-hand side of the screen. I didn't really care. But when didn't I saw care. that, jumped up off the screen, off the couch, off the screen too, if I was in the screen, but jumped off off the couch, hands up, screaming, dancing around the, the living room. And uh, it, it was a great moment. Uh, it was like celebrating a national championship or or uh, something to that level, a conference tournament uh, win or, or a, a win in March Madness. I mean, it was at that level. It was just, you know, such a euphoria, you know, a euphoric moment. 
And I literally, you know, at the same time, I'm like, man, I got to go write this article, which I had halfway <laughs> written. I had two different articles written. One was Liberty's going to the Cure Bowl and playing Troy. And the other one was Liberty's in a New York Six Bowl. And it was halfway written. I just had to finalize with all the details. But my hands were literally shaking. My heart was beating out of its chest. And I was like, I don't even know what to say. And uh, it lasted like that for five or six minutes. But what, what an amazing uh, moment, uh, you know, for us as fans, what an amazing moment for the team, for the coaches, the staff, the athletics administration, the previous, you know, coaching staffs that have got us here, administrations that have gotten us here, previous teams that have gotten us here, fans, alumni all along the way. Uh, it, it's been a. Uh, it's been a long time coming getting here, but at the same time, it's not been a long time coming here, right? No, I mean, no. it's been such a quick turnaround. I wrote an article about that, uh, and I can't really call it a turnaround because we've always kind of been headed up, kind of like your roller coaster analogy. Uh, we've been, you know, riding it, and there's been some up and downs along the way, but we've mainly been going straight up, and and uh, feels like we're heading off to the moon right now. It does. I mean, not gonna lie, the vibes Sunday morning were were not great. I think as as time went on it just kept going like man we haven't there's no been there's been no leaks there's no nothing and i think a lot of people a lot of people had just come to terms with going to the cure bowl or going to the liberty bowl and and when i flashed on the screen i, I was stand i was standing up already i stood up for the entire thing i was just genuinely i just put my hands on my head like this is actually happening this is real this is something we said would would be a goal of ours years from now and as as chips started to fall the right way and new mexico state beat auburn and smu got to the title game we said all right there's a path there was a path and even though the stars aligned and everything happened i still was not a hundred percent sure but in that moment, you know, that's a moment that will, will, will go down in not just Liberty football, not just Liberty athletics, but Liberty University in general. Where were you when that flashed on the screen? And kudos to ESPN for playing it up and, and, and breaking it down and, and talking about that. Um, and, 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 you know, it's funny too, Richie, thinking about that. When has Liberty ever been like – you know, the, the, the name that we're going to hold, you know, waiting yeah. on pins and needles, building up the hype for this. I mean, that's never been the case. It's been like, Oh, look, Liberty's uh, made it as a 12 seed and they're playing Mississippi state. Yeah. Oh, and then also the four seed is so-and-so. I mean, it's never yeah. been like that, but uh, this time it was, and, and how much fun was it? It was incredible phone blown up. My, my dad called me and that's, I just, I just got emotional and I know, I was not the only one. Uh, let's bring in producer 3000. I know he's, he's chomping at the bit. Uh, he, he posted a great video and, and he's been right there uh, every step of the way since, since he's gotten to the mountain as uh, when it comes to Liberty athletics, producer 3000, what were your thoughts? Oh yeah. Welcome. I, thank you guys. I uh, did. I was planning on just saying a little word here, but it looks like we have uh, Jeff is ready to join us. So I won't be long-winded. I'm just going to say that uh, it was an amazing time. I'm texting with Mike Hagan right now. He might join us here in a few minutes. He basically just said, Chad, we've been doing this for a while. This trip is going to be, and then he just sent like fire emojis like the entire time. He is in love with Scottsdale area and Old Town and everything and the bowl game. So 
Mike is excited, but I'll just say real quick that, um, man, I was emotional wreck all day uh, Sunday. Um, my heart rate, my resting heart rate right before the announcement was like 97. And I texted my wife and she was like, mine's 98. I was like, yeah. we're just laying there. And we were just like, it was just, it was insane. And, um, you know, just kind of get teary eyed thinking about like, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here. I was here when coach Karcher didn't win a single game. Uh, I was here whenever, you know, it just, here's the one thing I'll summarize is like this next 20, however many days we are away, 27 days now that we are away from the game. Uh, the amount of positive PR and it, it's, it's, it's in the hundreds of millions, you would think, uh, worth of value for our school who just took a beating for so many years over just crazy stuff. I mean, we just took a, just a, you say Liberty. I couldn't even say Liberty in the public workplace in Roanoke, Virginia, an hour away without just taking a thrashing, like mm -hmm. just joke after joke. You guys are the laughing stock of the town. Nationally, it was all oh, you guys are a diploma mill. All right. So we might be money, money laundering diploma mill, uh religious whatevers but guess what we're going to the new year's six baby it worked we're here you can't take that away from us and that was my feeling all day was just like the amount of positive like people were like oh what do you think about oregon Dude, i don't think about oregon we can play Didn't the count. dallas no, cowboys yeah. i yeah. can less man we can play the dallas cowboys or we can play uh jacksonville state we can play whoever it don't matter the next 26 days are just bliss for the university. Uh, they're for the fans. They're bliss for the sea of red uh, content. Is just, I mean, everybody is just clamoring to hear about the Liberty Flames in a positive light. And I can't tell you and can't put into words how good that, I mean, I walked into work on Monday morning. I know you guys probably too. I walked into work Monday morning. People were like, hey, congratulations. Your flames look awesome can't believe you're doing this. And I'm like, these are the same guys that we're talking about, like every single joke you can think of off color here, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So it's just uh turn the tide. Can't believe we're here. Um, Coach Chadwell, I couldn't be happier. I know I'm rambling. Sorry, Jeff. I know you got to get your kids to bed, but man, just give me one, like 30 more seconds here. Coach Chadwell, man, he comes in and does things the right way. He basically come in and, and added a huge shock to the program. It's a lot different style than the players are used to. It's a lot different style than everybody's used to, but he believed in what he was doing and he stuck with his guns. He had guys out there at six o'clock in the morning doing drills when nobody was like, they were like, what are we doing out here? Like, come on coach. And you know, everybody, and he, he basically just came in did things his way in a very genuine way and slowly people started to buy in and by the time the season started you know and and just for him to have the success and doing it the way he's doing it man it's incredible like it's not only what he's done it's how he's done it and that is very important at liberty and uh from some from somebody who um i wouldn't say like i don't know coach chadwell as a person but i do know that i do know that what my interactions with him and everybody's interactions with him, he's very genuine. And uh, so it's really easy to pull for him. I'm just really proud of him and his family ripping those kids out of school down there and bringing them down here was very hard.
and uh, his wife talked about that on a podcast. So just happy elated for them. And lastly, I'm just thrilled for two other people. I'm thrilled for John Manson. Uh, John, man, dude, you've been doing this for, whew. I mean, you're writing, you're writing recap articles against Gardner Webb and getting five clicks, you know, and that's not, you know, clicks isn't why you do this. And uh, so it's really cool to see a sea of red, get its props. Like every article you put out there is like trending on Google. It feels like it's like kind of crazy right now, but it's like, I just am really proud and happy for you because of, you know, traveling down to Belmont or, or whatever that Bellarmine traveling down to Bellarmine and writing like recap articles and everything you've done. Oh dude, I went to Clinton, South Carolina to watch us lose to Presbyterian. That's I mean, and I know that you probably wrote keys to the game and recap articles of that junk, you know, and here we are. So I'm happy for you. And the last person I'm happy for, and we'll turn it over to Jeff. I'm extremely happy for Ian McCall. Like dude, just again, he, uh, persevered. I don't know the right word. He went in consulting, uh, took a public shaming that was completely unfounded. Uh, and, 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 you know, I mean, if you ever meet the guy, you know that he is solid. He is a true, he has more character than all three of us put together. Um, and more integrity. And I couldn't be more proud of having him as our AD. Um, you know, the shock, the sticker shock when we first got him, I was just like, oh, that's the guy that did this. And we didn't know what kind of guy he was from the very first day that he opened his mouth at Liberty publicly and privately. I knew that he was he was he was everything he had been built up to be in terms of a positive, great guy. And uh, couldn't be more happy for Ian, um, man, that he's got to be elated. He said this is his third. Uh, anyway. All right, I'm rambling now. I'm very happy for Ian. I am so thrilled and proud of you, John, and happy for you. I couldn't be more happy for Chadwell and the way he's done it. And then lastly, to end it, man, Flames fans, we are getting so spoiled. I'm happy for all of you watching tonight, all 40 of you watching live tonight. Dude, this happened in our lifetime. If you would have told me 10 years ago that I would have watched my team play in a New Year's Six Bowl, I thought you were crazy. We were barely scraped. Well, we were, John, you put a stat out six, eight years ago, six years ago. We were tied for third in the Big South. I mean, and here we are. It's like, dude, I, I, in my lifetime, I thought maybe I could get my kids into the Flames and maybe by the end of their lifetime they'd see something like this. Dude, I'm 37. I just graduated in 09. It ain't been that long. It has been a flash to the top, and I'm just happy for Flames fans because, again, we have all suffered so much together with the jokes with the you guys suck, with the you guys have more money, that's the only reason you're good. But um, diploma mill, money laundering, you name it, here we are, New Year's Six. Say it now. You know, it's worked. And and I think everybody respects us now. We got that respect. So I'm off my soapbox. It's almost time to play the Flames Rising uh, commercial and then uh, bring in Jeff. So you guys have a good show. Thankful for this opportunity. All right, so we're going to roll a quick uh, commercial for Flames Rising Collector. I'm sure you've seen it around. Make sure you check it out. Pay attention. John's rocking the hat. I'm rocking the polo. Uh, and again, if you're watching, Chad just said we got over 40 people watching live. Subscribe. Throw us a like. It's completely free. It allows us to do uh, all of this stuff for free as well. So uh, super excited about all of that, but especially excited about the commercial coming up. So Producer 3000, roll the tape. 
Hey Flames Nation, this is Kyle Rode. This is Rachel Root. And this is Kato Salter. We would just want to say thank you for supporting athletes like us through the Flames Rising Collective. The Flames Rising Collective is a registered 501c3, providing opportunities for student athletes to use their name, image, and likeness while serving our local community. 100% of everything contributed to the collective will go directly to creating name, image, and likeness opportunities for Liberty student athletes. Help us be champions for Christ and champions on the field. Flames. Flames. Caden Salter said it best. Uh, and we are joined, if you are not watching this live and you are listening on later, we are joined by one of the group of five guys, the best G5 podcast out there. He's rocking himself a Liberty football t-shirt. He Love is the shirt. Mr. It is fire. I just got to get me one of those. He is Mr. Jeff Murphy. Jeff, how are we doing this Wednesday evening? Fantastic. Uh, it's been, it's been a fantastic uh, weekend after we left Lynchburg, Virginia, getting to watch you guys make it to the new year six. I mean, and I was just listening to to Chad and you guys when I got in here and you guys deserve it, man. And we talk about it all the time. You know, our, our logo, you know, our slogan is, is real football for real fans and true fans. You know, it, it's easy to be a fan of a team when they're good. It's really tough when <laughs> the dark days, right? So you guys have stuck through, you stuck by your guns and I couldn't be happier for, for, for the Liberty Flames, for the university. I mean, you guys had us come in and showed us an absolute just incredible time. Um, and I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm making some duck stew on uh, the day yeah. of that game. So, Well, since I'm over our way, man, I, I appreciate Hey, Jeff, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you uh, you guys making the trip to Lynchburg. And and it was great to meet you in person. And, and uh, you know, got got to watch your uh, podcast there live right outside uh, the Williams Stadium ahead of the game. And uh, just take us through some of your uh, your, your, your trip to Lynchburg and, and the game and just the environment and, and uh, just your, your time and, uh, in Lynchburg. And, and how did that all go for you guys? Man, it really couldn't have gone any better. Um, you know, when we go on these trips, we, we never know what to expect. So we try and just, you know, we don't try and get too high or get too low, stay right in the middle. But then as soon as we got in, um, it's just beautiful town. Uh, absolutely loved it. You know, we had that meetup at the Clubhouse Bar and Grill, which was awesome. We had like 20 to 25 Flame fans that showed up and showed us love. And, and we got to, you know, just meet and talk to people. And that's what we love doing is, is meeting meeting the fans and talking to the, the either the students or, or alumni or, or people that are just want to be part of it. And uh, just everybody was so nice and uh, wanted to have a good time. So we got to do that. And then Friday, uh, shout out to Devin Doyle, hooked us up, gave us a tour of the facilities. And, you know, we, we travel as far as we can. We've been doing this three years, been to a lot of places. And I have to say Liberty is right there in, in the top like three as far as how nice everything is logistics wise, everything makes sense. You can tell when it was put in, like somebody knew what they were doing uh, and they had plenty of space to do it on. That's always a factor as well. So, you know, top to bottom from weight rooms to meeting rooms, to training room, to the stadium. I mean, it, it, and we posted a, a video kind of like a little highlight reel on all of our socials. And man, it's, I mean, it's gone crazy for us. Like people, I don't think people, A, a lot of people didn't know that it was that nice. And then B, it just shows how, how, how much people like, I don't really get it. Why people hate Liberty so much, but like, if we just going through the comments, people were just going all this stuff. And it's like, I don't get it, but man, it's awesome. 
and, and, and we had a great time. And then we get to the game um, and then appreciate you guys, Sea of Red and Flames Rising, everybody that helped us, you know, make it happen and got us there and, and helped us out. Couldn't be more thankful. And, uh, you know, the show was awesome. The tailgate was incredible. Brunswick Stew was off the chain. And then we get into the stadium. And, and same thing, the students, in my opinion, like make the environment. Those are the ones that are out there with no shirts, like screaming their heads off. And they were there from start to finish. They were there like five hours before kickoff waiting to get in. And it was just, the atmosphere was fantastic. The stadium was beautiful. Sound was great. Like we go into a lot of places and the sound system's not good. And it's crazy how much that affects the pregame, the in-game, all of it. So like literally not, I'm not trying to be a Liberty homer. I'm just being as unbiased as I can. Like there wasn't a bad thing about Williams stadium, the experience we had. And then the game was just incredible. It was just back and forth. You couldn't have asked for like a better matchup on the field itself. Um, And then, and the flames took care of business. They just wore, they, you guys wore the Aggies out eventually. And they just couldn't, they just couldn't hang. You guys put it away. They, they just kept, coming and coming and i was like when's wh- when's this stop gonna happen when are we gonna force a punt force a turnover and score off of that turnover but uh i got to watch y- y'all's show from from uh house up in jersey and i had it up casted uh, on the big screen Appreciate my wife that. walks my wife walks into the living room and she goes why is john on espn right now i'm like that's that's not espn babe but i appreciate you I was like, no, I'm casting that. I said, this is like the college game day, but for uh, a group of five. So it was great uh, getting getting to watch that and uh, see some of the scenes from the tailgate, even though I wasn't there. So the game ends. Liberty wins the, the, the Conference USA Championship, which I think got lost in the shuffle of everything because we got the G5 spot. Um, I, you know, if we're playing in the Cure Bowl, I would imagine – we're probably talking mostly about the conference championship uh, and all that, but the game ends Friday and all eyes go to Tulane SMU, basically Toledo. So sad, so mad, so bad. What a shame uh, they lost. Uh, so after that SMU wins, Jeff, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going through those people's minds uh, in grapevine, Texas? To be, to be honest, I thought, I thought the committee was going to screw you guys. Like I really did. But as soon as Florida state was left out, I said, I think Liberty's in because it's the same, you know, not necessarily exactly the same because SMU was not undefeated, but they beat a very, very good two lane team, but not having their starting quarterback. So in my opinion, when they left an undefeated Florida state out of it, mainly because they were not at full strength, I'm like, it. I think they're going to go Liberty. And sure enough, they did. And, um, I mean, I, it's, it's awesome. I think it's great. I think you guys deserve that spot. I don't, I think people, you know, underrate conference USA. I think they have for a while and that's not just saying, cause you know, I from a team that played in it, but I just think that for some reason they get looked down upon and there's really, really good teams and, and it, and it, it varies from year to year. It really does. But when we go outside of the conference or when you get to bowl season, We've done well. So I think, you know, and I think New Mexico State handling Auburn 31 to 10 was huge as well. And we always say it, it's always so difficult to beat the same team twice in one year. So you guys did that. And, and I think 
I think you deserve it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was going to ask you about that. You know, New Mexico State and how much their win over Auburn helped. I think that was a, a huge boost to Liberty's profile is, you know, them getting that win, them getting to 10 wins and Liberty having two wins over them, a 10-win team, uh, really helped uh, Liberty's profile, in my opinion. And and uh, I guess, Jeff, just from a, a, a bigger, uh, you know, grander point of view you know looking at conference usa moving forward you know a year ago this time a lot of people were kind of ragging on it and it still really are you know to to some extent maybe a little bit less than they were a year ago this time or earlier in the season but you know you look at the additions of liberty getting to a new year six game uh first time that that conference usa has ever had someone make a new year six bowl uh but liberty has an addition new mexico state them adding to the conference getting the sec win them getting to uh uh, you know, 10 wins. And then also Jacksonville State. Those are three additions that are really quality additions to the league. How, how do you think Conference USA stands in the, in the greater landscape of, uh, you know, group of five football as we uh, kind of look, look ahead to the future? I think, I think they're in a good spot. I really do. And if you look back a few years when the Sun Belt was kind of down and they started adding some younger teams, and I think I think programs that that are hungry, that want to grow, um, I think that's important. So I'm, you know, I'm, nobody can tell the future, but I think if they continue to add some of these teams, and like you said, Jacksonville State's done a great job. Obviously, you guys, you know, come in and dominate right off the bat is a great, great showing. New Mexico State had a great year. I hope Jerry Kill stays around for a while, um, and then you know we'll see how Kennesaw State does coming up. You got the Blue Hens coming up as well which I think are two programs that do want to grow, that are hungry, that are going to try and push the envelope a little bit, you know, time will tell, but I think, I think we're in a good spot. And I think if everyone just kind of hangs tight um, and just be, and is just patient, I think conference A is going to conference USA is going to be in a really good spot. Um, now it's all, it all kind of determines on what happens down the road. You know, we saw what happened to the PAC 12, so I don't know what effect that's going to have ultimately really probably on the Mountain West, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the Big Ten and the, and, and, and the SEC. Um, I know that, you know, the, the rumors always been what these super conferences, right? So, but we can't worry about that because that hasn't happened yet. So I like where Conference USA is at. Exactly. Super excited about the Delaware uh, ad as well. So uh, big news over for your fandom. Uh, tell us a little bit about the new hire and uh, what, what you're looking forward to with that. Yeah, so um, got a new coach uh, at Middle Tennessee State today, Derek Mason. Um, you know, it was rumored last night it started to leak a little bit. Uh, there were some couple other names that, uh, you know, we had heard that got pretty far in the interview process, um, but ultimately they felt like he was the man for the job. So excited to finally, you know, get a coach in there. Um, it's been kind of a long week, uh, a week and a half, whatever it's been since they let, you know, our head coach Rick stock still go. Um, I love that man to death. Uh, he's done so much for me and my family. I'll never say a bad thing about him. Um, I just, I just hope that they give the resources and the tools to coach Mason that stock was asking for a long time. And if they do that and everyone gets on the same page, coach Mason has the energy. Um, I got a chance to meet him today. He seems like a stand-up guy, um, so I'm here to support, and and I want to move the program forward and and be a part of that and help move it forward. So excited for the future to come, and uh, 
that he's got a, he's got a lot of work because a lot of kids went in the portal. So I know he said that he was going to try and uh, convince some of those kids to stay and get out of it. And then he's got to go hit the portal hard as well. So he's got he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah, I think uh, Derek Mason's actually a great hire for uh, Middle Tennessee. I think UTEP also has made a coaching change. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe they hired the Austin P head coach and Scotty Walden. Yeah, he's got a good uh, track record and, and resume as well. So they could they could turn around. I mean, UTEP has got a lot of talent and they got a lot of potential there as well too. So uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing how those coaching changes uh, can kind of further solidify and bolster the. Uh, uh, Conference USA as we move forward. But, hey, Jeff, before we let you get out of here, and and uh, once again, appreciate you coming on. Any any last thoughts of, of your trip to Lynchburg and to see Liberty and uh, maybe your post-game celebrations and, and anything like that? No, I mean, it's, again, just want to thank you guys for, for having us down. And we had such an incredible time. Um, one of the one of the best trips, for sure, that we've, we've been able to, to do in the last couple of years. And Look forward to getting back at some point and, and had a fantastic time post, you know, post win and got to hang out with some pretty top brass. I feel like at the uh, in, in the Liberty Flames circle, got to smoke some stogies and have a have a couple uh, pops with with um, Chad and some of those guys. So it was just really it was just really awesome. Like you guys took us in and, and treated us like we've been a Liberty fan forever. And and it was just it was just an amazing experience. And anybody who gets the chance to go needs to go because it's an awesome place to watch a football game. Well, we appreciate your support uh, and all of that. Uh, last thing, Jeff, tell us where we can find more of the group of five uh, information and some of y'all's content. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're on all the social media platforms at group of five guys um, and then streaming on all pod course, uh, podcast platforms, also on YouTube, doing a live show every Tuesday. Um, and then once the season's here, we also do a pregame show Saturday morning. So, you know, give us a like, give us a follow, check us out. We just, we, we want to give the hype and the recognition to all these group of five programs that they deserve, um, that the mainstream mainstream media, they just don't do. That they don't. So, uh, Jeff, thank you again for joining us. We are going to hear from one of our all time favorite sponsors. They were at the game on uh, Friday night, ironclad coffee. They hook us up. Incredible coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I love it. So uh, we're gonna hear some, some, uh, hear some little bit about that. So producer three thousand. is best and most flames friendly coffee comes from ironclad coffee roasters. Ironclad roasting serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy their craft roasted specialty beans anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. And now they're pleased to sponsor the podcast from CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. There is, I don't think anyone who has working harder and is going to have to work harder in the last five days then our next guest uh about 20 minutes after the announcement i went man i'm so glad i'm not mike hagan right now uh and if you don't know who that is he is the head of the flames club he has been working tirelessly uh on getting this bowl trip getting this bowl game set up so fans can travel from all across the country i imagine all across the world and he's making sure that 
we are good to go in Phoenix, in Old Town, all the great places down there. Mike, welcome. How are we doing this Wednesday night? We're we're excited, maybe a little tired, but we're doing good. We uh, don't judge uh, the view. If it looks like I might be driving, I'm sure that's not occurring. Uh, but we got a great crew here. Uh, we are driving back, landed in Roanoke about 15 minutes ago. I got Dr. Sipe, who leads the Spirit of the Mountain, everyone's favorite marching band. Go Flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Ryder, director of tickets. And Todd Wetmore, who's going to set up all these big name media interviews in the next month. Let's go. So, that's that's exciting. So you guys are heading back to Lynchburg now. So tell us, you've been in uh, in you know Scottsdale and Glendale and and Phoenix the, the last day or two. Uh, what's that been like? Yeah, so we uh, left Lynchburg about four o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. Uh, got there and had a little lunch. Uh, went and checked out uh, State Farm Stadium. So got the whole tour. Uh, when we get there, uh, also on the trip was Brad Queen and Alex Jackson from football. Uh, Tom Patolsky, our athletic CFO, and uh, Allison, the nutritionist. So uh, get to the stadium, divide up into different areas. Amanda and I are taking a look at suites and seats and tickets. Uh, Dr. Sipe is headed to meet with the band director and get ready for the pregame and halftime. And then uh, Todd with the media folks. So uh, it was phenomenal walking in the stadium and the giant uh, video board that kind of goes the entire width of the board has the big welcome Liberty sign. Uh, Oregon was on their way out as we were walking into the stadium. And, uh, it's pretty weird to walk into a stadium that size and know that's where we're playing in less than 30 days. That's, I don't think it's fully going to be real to me until that moment. You know, you talk about it and listen to, to everything, but in, until that moment and, and the band is playing, and there's the the ABC stuff everywhere. It it is it gonna be? It, I think that's when it'll uh, fully hit me. So, talk about what what can fans expect coming into Arizona? What are some of the stuff that that y'all have planned so far that that we could look forward to? Yeah. So a lot of it's just uh, it's coming together still. Um, I'll say if if anybody's still looking to go, we had such a phenomenal response on our first donor plane this morning that as of this afternoon, we now have a second donor plane. Two planes. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, We have two hotels that are official bowl sponsors uh, right there in Scottsdale. So I will say uh, if you haven't made your plans yet, stay at the official alumni hotel or the team hotel. Um, Almost everything about the bowl takes place in Scottsdale. Uh, except for the actual game, which is like, I don't know what it took us, 30 minutes to get over there. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's great. So we're looking at uh, pep rally at one of the uh, hotels uh, on, we think, the 30th. Still trying to, to nail that down. Um, while we're out there, we've got women's basketball playing in Tennessee. So we're going to try to do a watch party at one of the hotels. Um I know our alumni office is going to do an alumni gathering for all alumni in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And then, uh, you know, tailgate before the game and uh, at 11 a.m., then we beat the Ducks. That's awesome. Sounds like fun. Uh, <laughs> Mike, so you, you've been part of these uh, last, what, four bowl trips that, that we've been on, uh, and, and it's becoming an annual occurrence now, and, and now this is number five. Uh, what is so special 
I mean, I can answer the question, but I'll let you do it. What is so special about, you know, the bowl trip, the atmosphere, uh, the environment, the the ability to to interact with with other fans that maybe you don't see on a week to week basis? What makes a bowl trip uh, so special? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's just it's it's the perfect gathering for all fans of Liberty and Liberty alumni. Um even maybe more so than homecoming because it's just you get to go somewhere different every year uh and i will say it's been five years running for us and i don't think people realize how unique that is uh in college sports i'm going to look at todd sitting behind me now uh what are the other schools that have gone to five bowls in a row there's a few on the list okay a few uh but we're in really good company so uh, you you look at those things and you know i'm getting text messages getting from the Fiesta Bowl. I've got old uh, teammates from Colorado, uh, roommates from Texas, uh, friends that went to school with from Utah that are all headed out to this game. And I mean, we have Flames Club members from all over the country. So it's just, it's, it's great to see everybody come together. People that I haven't seen in years will be at the bowl game. That's awesome. And, and, you know, I've been to uh, the four previous bowls and and uh, I mean, I go to every home game that I can get to and as many as road games as I can make it to as well. But nothing beats a, a bowl game. Uh, you know, I remember the first one we went to the Cure Bowl back in 2019 and and uh, you know, there wasn't a ton of Liberty fans there. But I can remember me and Chad hanging out at the pool uh, down, you know, a week before Christmas, you know, sitting outside underneath palm trees, 80 degrees. And, and I'm like, you know, the rest of my family's back in cold uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. I kind of felt bad for them. But uh, I said it then. I said, you know, we, we have got to as a fan base just rally around uh, the team because, there's no end in sight, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, as far as the success this program's had, as far as making it to bowl uh, bowl games. And so it should be a, a, a an annual occurrence. And if you haven't been to one, I, I definitely encourage you to get out to one. And no better time than than to do it to a New Year's Six Bowl game and the Fiesta Bowl. And, and I know, trust me, I, I've booked my plane tickets. It's expensive. It's not a cheap trip out there. But um, it, it's a once in a lifetime type experience. And if there's any way at all, you can make it out there. Uh, we definitely, uh, encourage you to do that. So, so Mike, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the ticket buying process before we let you guys go and, and get on back to Lynchburg safely. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, where can fans go to buy tickets? How many tickets do we have to sell? And, and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, if they go, where, where do they go to buy them? I guess is the ba- best question to, to make sure they're sitting with other Liberty fans. Yeah, so the, the only way to sit in the Liberty section is to buy through Liberty. Uh, and we've got great seat options. Amanda's sitting right behind me. Our, our ticket allotment is 12,000 tickets, so that's a lot to move. Um, but our fans have surprised us, uh, I think, at every turn of how great they show up for these things. So we're excited for it. Uh, we have seats near the 50-yard line. We have club seats, uh, and it is, you know, I think for us, we've talked internally about, I don't know what year it was, 2007, maybe TCU, still a Mountain West school, playing in the Rose Bowl. I'm pretty sure it was against Wisconsin. And everybody thought, you know, man, can, can TCU even show up? They're just a small school. Well, you watch that game and half the stadium was purple. And a couple of years later, when the Big 12 needs an opening, people go, man, T- maybe TCU really has arrived. So I think we have an opportunity to show up and really prove, hey, uh, we are ready for this stage. And I think we're going to do things first class. Uh, I think it's 
uh, just phenomenal to have all of our fans ready. So uh, on the buying process, you know, uh, libertyflames.com slash bowl central. And right now we're in the priority deadline. So everybody who buys tickets now through Sunday at noon, we will go through a priority process based on Flames Club membership and their loyalty points and start seeding those. I'm looking at Amanda next week. Monday morning. Uh, and so after that, if you buy, you will know your exact seat location. But the best chance to get your the prime seat location is to do so this week. You heard the man. If you are watching, that's the place to get tickets. And it's important. And, and, and you know, if you're not able to make the, the trip for whatever reason, buy tickets. Give them away. Buy, they, you know, they do a lot of volunteer stuff i remember with the the bowl games last year was like hey buy tickets and we will give them to veterans so like even if you can't go buy tickets run a giveaway on twitter there you know i people in my dms like hey i bought tickets can we run a giveaway we're gonna be doing stuff so like i said even if you're unable to go and i totally get it, it, it it's a lot of money there's still ways to support going to that website we have that allotment as mike said it's it's super important for expansion purposes and future bowl games, can we sell that allotment? So thank you so much, Mike, everyone in the car for, for everything that, that y'all are doing. I, I guess, you know, I, I know a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, obviously the magnitude, everything is, is a lot higher than it normally is. But on the positive, you know, we don't have a bowl game on December 16th and two weeks to plan everything. So I guess it... Uh, it, it works out in the in that capacity. But on behalf of all Flames Nation, we're so grateful for everyone in that car uh, doing what you're doing behind the scenes. Uh, it's going to be a mad dash uh, to January 1st, but we're excited to, to meet you all down in Scottsdale, down in Old Town, check out all the events uh, and all that. So again, thank you for all of us. We're looking forward to, to checking you all out in January. Good All stuff. Right. Man, that, that I'm was so fun. excited now. That was I'm fun. so excited. Like we have to get, wait another almost month to get there. Like, how are we gonna wait so long? Yeah. It's I just I'm just living and dying with every text message in the uh bowl game group chat. And, and Richie, I've been looking online. I know you have too at different events and things we can do when we're there in the area we're gonna be in. And and uh I don't know if I can keep up this level of excitement for the next three and a half to four weeks, but, uh, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try. If you've never, I, I was just in Scottsdale, uh, in May. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Old town. There are restaurants every which way places to, to, to grab a beverage places to shop. There's spas, bring the wife, bring the kids. Like there is truly something. They have phenomenal golf. I played Wikupa, which is a golf course out there in the desert. Incredible. Uh, everything about Scottsdale is awesome. Speaking of another awesome town that is in the beautiful climate on the East Coast is Leesburg, Florida. And we're going to hear a little bit about Leesburg, Florida shortly. Producer 3000, roll the clip. 
It's real Florida. It's old Florida, and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. Leesburg, Florida, ain't the, nothing like it. The best. And there ain't no, and there ain't nothing like our next guest. He is rocking a sick mustache. If you are not watching this uh, with your two eyes, but rather your, your own two ears, I'm just telling you, this guy has a stunning mustache, and I can't wait to hear what comes out of the two lips below it. We are joined, of course, by man who's done it all, jack of all trades, Kyle DeArmond, Kyle. What a world. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. What a weekend. Uh, yeah, it's good to see you guys. And uh, it's good to read all the comments and see how, how excited everybody is. And uh, yeah, just unbelievable weekend. Sunday was unbelievable. I uh, cannot wait for January football from the Flames. It's January crazy. football. We've never had that before. It wasn't that long ago. We'd never had December football. Now that's become <laughs> a, a common occurrence, and, and now we get January football. But, uh, Kyle, take us back to Sunday. What was it like for you? I mean, for those of you that don't know, which I'm sure everyone listening does know, Kyle played at Liberty uh, back in the FCS days under Danny Rocco and went on to be an assistant coach on uh, staff under Turner Gill and Hugh Freeze. Uh, you know, so you've been there. You've seen Liberty football you know, rise right before your own eyes, right before our own eyes uh, from the FCS days to the FBS days, to the bowl games, to the top 25 uh, appearances, and and now to a New Year's Six Bowl, to the Fiesta Bowl. What was Sunday and that announcement like for you? Yeah, I mean, Chad said it earlier, but I mean, emotional is like the the thing that you kind of think about. You know, I I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't feel like I'm that old to be like, you know, oh, it was so long ago that we were playing getting 15 years ago that we got left out of the playoffs being 10 and 2. And that was, that was, um, you know, what seems like forever ago. But in the grand scheme of things, when you look back at uh, the last, you know, 15 years in FBS football, the, the teams that have won the national championship, it's all been the same it's been like the same group of teams. Like there hasn't been that much craziness go on in college football. Um, you know, your Alabama's LSU, Auburn, you know, USC, you know, Ohio States, those schools are the schools that have been winning national championships. So it doesn't feel like it was that go that we were FCS fighting tooth and nail to get into the FCS playoffs. And the selection show on Sunday reminded me of those selection shows back in the day of sitting there waiting to hear if we're going to go into the FCS playoffs and year after year, it was always no, you know, we didn't get into the FCS playoffs until 2014. And the only reason we did is because we beat coastal Carolina, who was number one at the time down in Conway to uh, clinch a share of the big South championship, you know, go blocked on field goal, blocked field goal. That's right. Go on to play James Madison. And we spank them, of course, mm -hmm. And then, you know, go to Villanova, possibly win that game. We've talked about that before in previous weeks. But, you know, so it wasn't that long ago, 2014 is nine years ago that we're playing in the FCS playoffs. And now, you know, 2023, 
we are going to the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Like, unbelievable. New Year's Six. It's just crazy. Think about the players. I recruited, you know, Noah Frith uh, back in the day. And Noah came in being like, hey, your freshman year is 2018. That's our first year of FBS football. And, you know, we, we are wanting to get into a conference. You're wanting to do all these things. Now look, fast forward, he's still playing. We won the Conference USA Championship, and we're going to the New Year's Six. Uh, it's just an unbelievable journey. Um, and I'm in a group chat with a bunch of guys that I played with, you know, probably 25 guys and 20 of them have already booked their tickets. Like Mike was saying, so many alumni, uh, people that don't necessarily make those trips to Lynchburg uh, week in and week out or even go back for homecoming are making the effort to get to Phoenix because uh, I think it's just going to be a, an unbelievable experience. Don't want to say once in a lifetime because I think that Liberty, um, you know, we've put ourselves in position to sustain this top group of five, but it's going to be an unbelievable experience. And I would highly encourage anyone uh, to, to go and to try to make it happen because the bowl games are a blast. They are just, they are so fun. It's so fun being somewhere else where all Liberty fans are. You're like walking around, you see a Liberty fan, you go into a bar, there's a Liberty guy, you go to a restaurant, like there's families, like it is just, it's an unbelievable experience and everybody needs to go. No, Kyle was uh, a part of our, our crew last year going down to, to Boca. Just to think last year we were in the, the roofing.com, roofing lender, roofing something, Boca Raton Bowl. To go from the Boca Bowl to the the Fiesta Bowl is just out of out of control. So we had the game Friday night, uh, Kyle. We were we were texting throughout. What were your thoughts on that game? We talked about it back and forth, and then seven took over. So uh, tell us a little about the the game. What were your thoughts? What were some things you saw as a former coach, as a former player, and as a fan? And I mean. Every single week, you're just more and more impressed by Jamie Chadwell and the staff. Uh, you know, the offensive staff, 712 yards of total. The second time you've played a team is absolutely absurd. It is absurd. Uh, Caden Salter took over. CJ Daniels took over. Quentin Cooley took over. The offensive line just manhandled them. They protected the quarterback, um, you know. Very few tackles for loss, if any, by New Mexico State. I mean, it felt like we were just continuing to get yards every single play. Um, and, yeah, Seven took over the game. I mean, he did what he does. He made an unbelievable play there to put us up 14 late. And, uh, yeah, they, they controlled the line of scrimmage from start to finish and had made the plays on defense, you know, when they had to. And they just they played an outstanding game. You talked about Noah Frith a little bit there and how you were part of uh, the, the coaching staff recruiting him. And and what a great game for him Friday night in that conference championship game. You, you know, it was something that he was excited for and amped up for. And, and uh, I mean, he's a guy that's had, you know, a little bit of an up and down career, you know, has fought through injuries and things like that. And we've seen glimpses of what he could do and in, in his potential. And, and uh, man, what a great, great great game for him great night for him he's always such a fun interview in uh, post-game press conferences he gets gives amazing uh uh quotes and uh, and clips and and uh he's so much fun it's so fun to, to cheer on him and and the, and the rest of the team i mean you could say that about all of them but it was fun to see him him do that but 
you know, we, we've talked about it all season, just this offense. You mentioned it there, Kyle, 712 yards of offense in a conference championship game, no less. And, and like you said, this is the second time we've played them. The third time in, in about a year that we had played New Mexico State, they know our personnel. You know, of course, as a new coaching staff this year, you know, but still two games against this coaching staff. And, and they knew for, what, three weeks or whatever that this was going to be the matchup. So they've had plenty of time to prepare for us. And, and still, seven. 100 plus yards of offense very balanced you, you know you see there the 393 rushing yards 319 passing yards and and uh it it feels like and we'll talk about it more as we get into to you know our, our next podcast about the oregon game but it feels like whenever we have seven caden salter on the field we have a chance in any game i felt like that with malik willis to some extent and I'm getting to that point now with Caden. Again, we haven't seen him this year against the Power Five. We saw it last year against Wake Forest. Nearly led us to to that upset win there. Lost by what one point? Uh, didn't didn't convert that two point conversion at the end of the game. But and let he let let the record show, he wasn't the one that didn't convert the two point conversion. Someone else threw the ball. We, we we took the hand we took the ball out of his hands, which I don't understand yeah. that. But hey, it's neither here nor there. That's a different coaching staff now, so we don't have to worry about that. But I'm really looking forward to that, and we don't we don't have to talk about about Oregon much on, on, right now. But I feel like as long as we have seven, we have a chance, and that certainly was the case Friday night. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he has continued to just get better and better, and you know what I've I've said on this podcast before, um, and I'll continue to say. You know, it's it's great watching him play, and he's not trying – he's not pressing. Like, he's not trying to make plays by himself. He's trusting the plays that are being called. He's trusting his teammates. He's putting the ball where it needs to go. He's pulling it properly on RPOs. He's not trying to force the football. Um, and then he's protecting the football when he's a, a ball carrier. So, yeah, I mean, if he just continues to do that, continues to uh, improve, you know, it should be a, a good game uh, January 1st. And you know that our guys will be ready and they'll be fired up to play. I think that that will be a, a no-brainer. The staff's going to have them ready to ready to go. So is it a tall task? Of course. It, it is any time that you go play a Power 5 opponent just because, you know, their players, you know, roster top to bottom is better than our roster top to bottom. I mean, it's just it's Power 5 versus Group of 5. But that doesn't mean that you can't prepare and you can't go in there and play a better – a cleaner football game. You know, Oregon's looking at it like, hey, if we would have won that game, we would have been in the college football playoff. We lost. You know, all right, cool, we're in the Fiesta Bowl, but I got a million other things going on in my mind, and we can just walk out there and play Liberty and beat them. Uh, we've seen throughout the year Power 5 teams play Group of 5 teams and lose. I mean, and get, you know, spanked. So uh, I'm very excited about the game. And, yeah, Caden – much deserved, most valuable player in Conference USA. That was a no. Mm -hmm. He probably could have won Offensive MVP. He probably could have won Newcomer of the. I mean, every single award Caden probably could have walked away with. Uh, but you know, shout out to him. Shout out to Tyron Dupree. What a career that kid has had. You know, we recruited him. Fun story about Tyron. You know, we recruited him. He was playing quarterback uh, at his high school, mm -hmm. and he was playing a little bit of defense, but. He was just an athlete. He was playing a small school in, in Alabama. And when we played down there in Jacksonville State, I think in 2017, we went and watched him play. And we initially saw him as kind of an athletic quarterback. Joe Daly saw him and was like, dude, he's like, this kid, this kid can be a linebacker. You know, he could he could be a, a really athletic linebacker. And so 
Josh Bookbinder ended up seeing him, liked him. We recruited him as a linebacker. He he was all in. Uh, and man, what a career it's turned out to be for Tyron. I mean, he has continued to push through a lot of ups and downs in his career and to become a defense player of the year, first year for Conference USA and really be the leader on that defense and lead us to uh, conference or lead us to the New Year six is, you know, spectacular. And then Quentin Cooley, you know, newcomer of the year. Um, great award for him. He has been nothing but consistent for the Flames and just, you know, he has lived up to that bowling ball mentality and, you know, character mantra, whatever you want to call it, that uh, people have given him. Um, and, you know, when we lost those two running backs in the portal last year, everyone started to panic a little bit because we didn't have much depth there. Um, you know, took a kid from Wake Forest who hadn't really done much. And we were like, you never know with the portal. But, man, shout out to the recruiting department at Liberty because they have gone and gotten the dudes that can play. And Quentin Cooley seems like he just fits perfectly um, uh, as a Liberty football player, a Liberty student athlete, um, and has, has gone and just like walked in there and become the dude. So, uh, unbelievable season for the guys. Yeah. Producer 3000 threw that up there. Coach Chad will call co-coach of the year. Co, uh, yeah. Coach of the year. So that was, that was a given. Should he have been co-coach of the year? I mean, you know, no offense to Jerry Kill. He's done an amazing job. New Mexico State's a tough place to coach. We know what they were just a couple years ago. He's turned them around. But, you know, it is his second year. I mean, they beat Auburn. Yeah, they, they won 10 games. Yeah, but compare that to what Coach Chadwell did. I mean, this is his first year in the program, 13-0. and I mean, you can't do any better than that. First year in the conference, you win the conference 8-0. You win the conference championship game. You go 2-0 and against New Mexico State. You're going to a New Year's Six Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I will say this, though. I mean, um, if we needed anything to fire Jamie Chadwell up, it was probably naming him co-coach of the year. So I think that uh, would I have done that? No. Uh, but I think that, yeah, he, he should have run away with it. But – you know, there's a lot of question marks on even the first team Mall Conference USA. CJ Daniels getting a left off that list. What I mean, he started the he started the season off a little bit, you know, still banged up, but getting left off the list. And you look at the three guys, no disrespect to them, uh, but CJ had better, you know, stats than some of them, and he should have been in that uh, in that first team, you know, All Conference USA. But um, yeah, I think I think the co coach of the year might might. Uh, give coach Chadwell a little bit more fire uh than than people probably should have given him uh, hey any extra motivation i will happily take it so quick question for you guys so there's a debate i i said it on twitter people had a fit i said i think caden's the best quarterback liberty has ever had that's a debate for a whole nother time but is this the best season a liberty quarterback has ever had. John can answer that statistically. He probably knows all the stats off the top of his head. It is definitely the best uh, uh, season. I mean, he's broken uh, every record that there is for a single season quarterback. He's broken Buckshot's record for passing touchdowns. Buckshot is probably the greatest. We thought that one was going to stand for a long time because that was yeah. he obliterated. Buckshot obliterated the previous record. Yeah, twenty nine passing touchdown. Buckshot had in one year, and Kate. And again, Buckshot was a guy just slinging the ball around everywhere. And here comes Caden, which you you think about him as an athlete, 
But no, he broke that record with he's up to 31 touchdowns now with a game to play. Uh, he broke Malik's record for most touchdowns responsible for, which was 40. And Caden's up to 42, I believe it is now. Uh, he's also broke Malik rec record for the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a season, single season. He's the only quarterback in Liberty history to go over a thousand yards rushing in a single season. Uh, he's knocking on the door of having 3,000 passing yards this season, which, which wouldn't be a record, but to do 3,000 passing and 1,000 rushing as a quarterback, that would put him in a very elite group. Yeah. And then you, you I add. Heisman guys, right? Wasn't oh, yeah. It's like, it's like Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton. Kyler Murray. Like not, yeah. Jaden Daniels. I mean, it's it's an elite of the elite group. And then you add to that what the team has done, which a quarterback always – why is Tom Brady considered the GOAT? Yeah, he's a great quarterback, but how many rings does he have, right? It, it's because of what the team has done, and Caden's done it too. 13-0. and No Liberty quarterbacks ever won – more than 10 games in a season. No Liberty quarterback has ever gone undefeated. I don't care if you're in NAIA, Division II, FCS, FBS. No quarterback's ever done that. No quarterback's ever won an FBS conference championship. No quarterback's ever led the team, obviously, to a New Year's Six Bowl. So it's not just the individual that he's done. It's the team award. So bar, bar none, hands down, no questions asked. It's the best single season ever done by a quarterback. Then the question is, is he the best quarterback Liberty's ever had? Kyle, that's yours. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough debate. I mean, I feel like as Liberty continues to grow, like we're going to continue to get better players. And so naturally you want to be like, yeah, I mean, he's the best quarterback Liberty's ever had, but he's also so different than the guys before. And I think, Liberty's so new with like fandom and stuff that you you kind of leave guys off the list that played at the very you know the very beginning the 80s late 70s 80s 90s um you know I think that quarterback probably I mean you would say like yeah he's probably the best quarterback because there's a lot of, there's difference between like you know being the best court best college football player because you see it all the time I mean there's really great college football players out to be a great NFL players. Not saying that's Caden, but you know, you have I think Caden has the ability to definitely go down as the best the best quarterback that Liberty's ever had. You know, you talk about great careers that people have had at Liberty. You know, Mike Brown, the only player in conference Big South Conference history, and probably in a lot of conferences to pass for a thousand, rush for a thousand, and have a thousand receiving yards, which is absolutely bonkers to think of I think we I think we looked at it last year. He's one of two players ever in college yeah. football. Yeah, and, and shout out, shout out, Mike Brown. He just got you know amidst yeah. all this New York Six hype, just got hired as a wide receiver coach at Notre Dame. No small feat yeah. for him. Yeah, might have heard of it. Congrats to Mike, and and I think Mike will Mike will go down as one of the greatest players to ever play at Liberty, to ever put mm -hmm. on a Liberty jersey, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Because yeah, no doubt, not not the things that he not like postseason stuff or whatever, but I mean like. He went from, he, I mean, we just lost Kyle. Oh no, oh no! <laughs> but he makes a great point. Mike Mike Brown was electric to watch, and before uh, I think I mentioned before, I transferred to Liberty after my freshman year. Mike Brown was the first, like my one of my best friends was was, was a freshman. He was like, "We got this kid, Mike Brown. He's incredible." We almost beat West Virginia. I'm like, "Neat, you almost beat West Virginia." Uh, never in a million years did I think that. 14 years later, uh, here we would be. Whoa. Kyle's back. 
Sorry, I have no idea what happened there. Just I got I got kicked out. But anyway, back to what I was saying, which you probably picked it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that Mike Mike goes down as one of the greatest players ever in the history of Liberty football. I mean, with what he's done, um, you know, hopefully maybe one day come back and lead the Flames as a head coach. You definitely see his path uh, just skyrocketing up. So also there's a possibility we may see uh, Mr. Brown there in Phoenix. So we'll see if uh, if he can make it. I know there are a few Liberty football players that are coaching at other institutions. I won't name them where they're at or who they are, but uh, are planning on leaving their bull site, you know, day, day after the game to fly to Phoenix to be there. So like I said, man, you got, you got so many people going there. Everybody needs to try to go if you can, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, we should have that. We should have that debate. I would love to, to hear some, some takes from some older guys. You know, I think me and John, you know, we we're kind of, me, you, and Chad are all around the same time frame of, you know, mid-2000s all the way through now. So those guys, like, uh, who've been there for a long time, Dennis and um, Jeff Benson, those guys, I'd love to hear their take on on, uh, on players. But it's fun to think of, you know, and, and make that debate. It would be a fun a fun thing to put out uh, for a sea of red, you know, in, in the – Wait, how many years is this how many years of uh college football have we been playing now? This is this is the fiftieth season. Yeah, so this could be the year, John, after we uh after we go to the bowl game to to sit down with some people and, and put out a Sea of Reds best, you know, best Liberty football players. In my opinion, you make great points, Kyle, and I agree with everything you said. In my opinion, Caden's the best quarterback we've ever had. I mean, we haven't seen what he's done, and uh, you know he'll get a chance to, to showcase that against the best team we've ever played against Oregon in, in the Fiesta Bowl. And, and no offense to Malik, I think Malik easily had that title, uh, you know, up until maybe two weeks ago. But um, you know, I mean, Malik's a great quarterback. I mean, we were so good with him, and and like I said a minute ago, whenever we had. Malik on on our team I I used to say this probably on the podcast I know I said it to Chad many times is I felt like when we had Malik we had the best quarterback in any game we were going to play and with coach freeze we had the best head coach of whoever we were going to play and when you have the best quarterback and the best head coach you have a chance to win any game and for this year we've been the same way with Caden and coach Chadwell We'll see on New Year's Day if that's the case. I don't know. We're going up against this guy named Bo Nix, who's, uh, uh, you know. He's gonna... been around since the mid-2000s as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's been around for a while. But he's also going to be uh, in the uh, – he's a Heisman finalist. So uh, he, he's a good quarterback, obviously. And uh, D- Dan Lanning's obviously a great head coach too. But uh, we, we won't get into to Oregon a lot. But uh, you will have another preview show uh, maybe before we all descend upon uh, Scottsdale and Phoenix area, but um, maybe initial thoughts. We'll go around the horn and, and get on out of here. Initial thoughts on on Oregon, Richie. You want to go first? Yes. Yeah, sorry, my phone died, so I can't check the comments that, that Chad normally spits to us. He's like, "Is that phone dead?" So I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to hit the comments on here." Uh, Oregon's electric. Um, I'm not going to say I was right both times when I picked Washington to beat them, but I did. I mean, their FPI is four. They score full, almost 45 points a game. They are, they had an art, you know, they'd be in the college full playoffs if it weren't for a, a, a three point loss. Bo Nix came from, not from out of nowhere. He was, he was a highly touted recruit, started as a freshman at Auburn, but he was a butt of a lot of jokes and really turned his 
career around. He went from, you know, my friends and I joking, like it's going to be very funny when your favorite team takes Bo Nix on uh, the Saturday of the NFL draft in the sixth round. So now it's Bo Nix is going to be a uh, Thursday, Friday pick. Uh, so, you know, shout out to him for, for making it, making it happen. He's like he said, he's been in college forever. You, you play the games. I'm just happy to be here. That's what it comes down to. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think? I think that um, it's going to be the uh, best team that we've ever played. Like in 50 years of football, this is probably the best I've ever played. So, uh, yeah, I haven't done I haven't done my deep dive into uh, into Oregon, but hey, Kyle, I started on it uh, yesterday. Don't do it. Okay, yeah. So I'm excited <laughs> to be in uh, Phoenix. I'm excited to be at the Fiesta Bowl. But hey, when you play football, you play to win the game, right? You're, we're not going there to to just participate. I mean, you know, we're gonna play. We're gonna go in and, and play to win the game. So. I think, like I said, I've said before, there's plenty of times where group of five teams this year have have, uh, have stepped up, and you know we're 13 and 0 for a reason, and our guys have continued to play well. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll do a deep dive into Oregon and, and do an opponent preview. But yeah, Bo Nix is a heck of a player, and um, the, this is going to be the fastest receivers we played, the you know biggest offensive line, defensive line. So it'll be a tough test for sure. Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest questions I have of this Liberty football team. Uh, you know, we, we've heard about it. We've talked about it, the strength of schedule. You know, we know what, what's out there about that. But, you know, let's be real about it. We we haven't seen this team go up against a Power 5 opponent, obviously. We haven't seen this team go up really against a, a top 50 team in the country. And, and obviously Oregon is. I mean, they're a top 5 team in the country. Uh, so I don't really know how – well we will perform against them i'm really interested to see uh just how good this liberty team is and and it's exciting i'm glad they get the opportunity to do it because who knows we could be i mean vegas has got the line right around what 14 15 points we could be a top a legit top 15 top 20 team we i think our offense is that good i think our offense will be able to put up points we talked about caden we talked about uh you know some of the receivers we have cj daniels noah frith Treyon sibley who's finally getting back to being fully healthy and we saw what he did early in the season also all those running backs quentin cooley von blue billy lucas uh aaron bedgood in the slot and uh and obviously that offensive line so so i think we'll be able to put up some points the question is going to be the defense. I mean, you know, we've struggled quite a bit, you know, in most games, at least at times, if not the entire game. Uh, so that's going to be the question. When you look at a, an offense like Oregon, that's putting up 44 points uh, a game against Pac-12 teams, against top 25 teams, uh, against Power 5 teams pretty much every week. That's a little scary. Uh, obviously, you got a guy like Bo Nix, and we know all about him, but they've also got – two receivers that have gone over a thousand yards receiving this year Two, they've got a running back who's rushed for over a thousand yards so they've got dudes they're a team yeah they got dudes their backups are dudes their third stringers are dudes it's it's a monumental task but i'm excited about the opportunity I, I'm really excited to see what this team can do. And what I really think it's going to come down to as far as, you know, who can win this game is it's going to come down to your mindset. Like we know Liberty is going to be locked in and ready to play. Um, it, 
the question is, will they be awestruck a little bit at the beginning of the game? Like, oh my gosh, we're in the you know State Farm Stadium where the Arizona Cardinals play, and there's sixty thousand people here, and we're on ESPN, and this is New Year's Day, and we're playing Oregon and Bo Nix. So I just saw the Heisman Trophy uh, finalist uh, show and, and all this stuff. Like, are they going to be like that? Or are they going to be like? Hey, we put on our pants the same way they do. We lace up our shoes the same way they do. Um, you know, and then also on the other side, Oregon. Like, you know, you go and read the comments on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like to uh, consume your social media, message boards, whatever. They're not happy. Their fan base is not happy to be not alone, let alone out, not in the playoffs. They're not happy to be playing Liberty. So, you know, what's their mentality going into this game? So, anyways, it'll be interesting. I have a question. And since you guys aren't reading the chat, I'll just come in here and say it. Like, what does it benefit these guys who have pro potential, Bo Nix, who's a top two or three round draft pick? You've got to think between now and January 1st, an agent is going to be in his ear like, Bo, I will represent you and I will give you some money up front, but you're not playing in that bowl game. Because if he goes and gets hurt, his draft stock goes from, you know, First, second round, which is what two, three hundred thousand dollars up front from your agent to sixth, seventh round at best, and that's ten thousand to thirty thousand up front from your agent. So it's like, you know, what is the potential? Not with just Bo Nix, but they have several guys who have pro potential who are projected in that top four range who would be risking a lot of money playing in this game. So I don't know. Kyle, you you've you've seen guys go through this with AGG and Demario and Malik. I, I don't know. Am I off on that? Like, w- I would think that an agent would come in and say, "Hey, Bo, I will represent you through this whole process, and uh, I can be your agent, and I'll give you some money up front in the tune of one to two hundred thousand, but you're not playing in the bowl game." All right, thanks. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> you're sick. So, I mean, like the Holiday Bowl or the cure bowl or something like that. I mean, you've seen Caleb Williams has already been like, nah, I'm good. I'm not playing. Uh, <laughs> but I think new year six has always been regardless of, of what teams are matched up has always been kind of your goal is to get into the college football playoff, you know, for some of those teams, obviously uh, win conference championship, get in the college football playoff and play in the play or play in the new year six. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, it's a New Year's Six game, so I think that they're all going to play. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's so new. I mean, we don't ever, we never dealt with that. I mean, you know, Demario played last year. Malik and ATG both played. There wasn't any talk of them, you know, not playing. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think Bo's different too. I think you know he talks differently than a lot of those other quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's very passionate about Oregon. He's passionate about his teammates and. I think he's a based on what the interviews I've read. I mean, I think he's a great, you know, he's a great person, and so he's not going to go and and just say, "Nah, I'm good," because he's leaving out all the rest of his teammates. So, and yeah, yeah, selfishly, but yeah, that risk is everywhere, I guess. Selfishly, I don't want him to play, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't play and we win. That everyone's like, "You beat him without bone necks. What's the big deal? Does it even?" Really I don't care. Out? Like, I don't I care. Mean, don't, I couldn't care less. I'm again <laughs> happy to be here. Print the shirts, but there there will be someone to, that is chirping online that goes, "You only be because of Bo Nix." Again, don't care. Happy to be here. So 
I, I, you know, we're going to play him, sure. And, you know, I took out Zach Eady in the NCAA tournament with Fairleigh Dickinson. If I have to end Bo Nix's career with Liberty, so be it. Now, what would be the bigger upset, FDU over uh, number one seed Purdue or Liberty over Oregon? It's got to be FDU, right? It's got to like, be no FDU. Question. I, I, I cashed in all of my upset sports luck, so I'm sorry in advance. But, yeah, no, I, it's got to be FDU over over Purdue. It'd be preposterous. I don't think there's another Liberty FDU alum out there. So I'm pretty sure that I'd be able to say, look at me. What a what a wild 10 months it's been. Look at you. Man, th this this show's been a lot of fun. I feel like we could stay on here for another hour uh, talking and uh, answering questions. And it's so much to talk about. And, uh, guys, it's been so much fun to be on this podcast with you guys throughout the season. We got at least one more episode, probably two more. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Thank you guys for joining. Producer 3000, let's bring him in here. Thank, bring him in. Thank you, Producer 3000. I think I added him and he removed himself. There you go. Thank you, Producer 3000, for all you've done behind the scenes uh, this season. It's been an excellent yes. season of the Sea Red podcast. We've grown to, to sites we've never seen before, and uh, I couldn't do it without any of you guys. I appreciate all of you. Appreciate all you guys uh, watching us, listening to us. You know, just sit out, sit out here and 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 give wild takes that sometimes I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth and I listen back to it the next day and I'm like I still don't know what we were saying but we appreciate you guys uh being along for the ride but hey great season guys yeah as soon as I show that's why show I don't listen back here the, the viewers went from 47 down to 38 so Richie it's time to wrap this thing up and uh we will do it again soon thank you guys uh as as always thank you so much to everyone who joined us live uh our guests are our, our, our fans on on youtube twitter facebook uh if you're checking us out now like subscribe if you're listening to us later like and subscribe uh whichever medium that is and as always stay blessed stay hydrated stay fly we'll see you next week Thank you.